0: Hello and welcome to Into the Black Archive. If you weren't aware, there was a little bit of Doctor Who news coming out over the weekend. We haven't discussed that first. We've left it till 58 minutes. So if you want to skip ahead, you know where it is. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Into the Black Archive. And before I introduce myself and my co-host, I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever thought, damn it i wish i had a face well that is the conversation that a certain group of aliens have been having in this week's six-part story that we're taking a look at it's the faceless ones from season number four five it's five isn't it
0: sorry i thought i had something yesterday. no i bike. did as well there's loads yeah. of bikes going around
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in person for this one as yes. well uh which is exciting uh, and we're going to be in person for a lot more of them now because we're both living in the same town
0: Same area now, aren't same we? Same area, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And Enough that I can get over there and he can get over to where I am So, yeah, yeah. And before I keep on saying he he for the rest of the episode, if you don't know who we are My name is uh, James and joining me on the other end uh, of this living room, socially distanced, we should point out, is Owen
0: Good morning, hello, mm. how are you?
1: I'm all right. I should point out that it is lunchtime as we record this. Yeah, we,
0: we've 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 tried out a new place, haven't we?
1: Yes, this is a, this is a new location for us to record, but it might be a more permanent fixture for yeah. us.
0: I thought about new places and new place for food. You're oh, about for the, Yeah, we
1: did try. We did try Wendy's. Yeah, interesting uh, one. How's that? It's <laughs> this is Doctor Who chat we came for, isn't it? It's all right, um, but I, th- I think you're right about the chips. Mm. There's something about the chips that um they're not as good as maybe like mcdonald's chip but the burger you had was really good yeah and the nuggets i had were really good so on the whole i think it's a pretty pleasant experience yeah you have to try these new things out anyway yeah
0: in a new place you try out for new
1: food yeah we have a there's a wing stop as well yeah i have an had wing stop
0: no nor have i yeah
1: it's like an american it's similar to wendy's i think
0: i think it's more kfc isn't it
1: Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Wendy's in the sense that it's come from America and there's not as much of it here, but yeah, it's kind of like, it's a little bit KFC and a little bit of other things. My mic is being, hello, (laughs) my mic is being heavily adjusted. Um, So yes, away from uh, American fast food and on to British airports, because uh, this story is set at Gatwick in the present day, which in reality is 1966, because that's where we still are.
0: Yeah. was it? Did you enjoy it? I'm
1: a big, big fan of this. Oh, I'm really big fan of this. Uh, but I think you're a big fan of this as well. So I don't think we're gonna have too much of an argument about that.
0: No, I think I don't know what's happened between season three and season four mm. for it to have such a big change in not just production values but style
1: mm, and storytelling. Yeah,
0: because like, yes, I realise the producer has changed between those two seasons. But you wouldn't have thought which the writing itself would have gotten that measurably different between no, it's, two you, seasons.
1: You would think that they would... Because obviously the show has worked yeah. up to this point. You wouldn't think that they're going, oh, things are broken. It's usually that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Philosophy. You keep on with the trend. It's almost like between season three and season four, part of the show regenerated.
0: Yeah. I've, even then, even even without The New Face or The Doctor, Mm. it feels like there's been such a massive improvement. Like, normally, with this sort of... Particularly at this point in time, we've got basically a year-round story serialised. You'd expect the improvements to be gradual, but definitely feel more of a sudden bang chain between last season and this season.
1: Uh, No, absolutely. I mean, the, the episodes we've been watching have been very, very solid. I mean, even the weaker ones have been solid. Yeah, decent stories which we've enjoyed and then when we get to something like this you're really seeing the benefits now of whatever this new approach has been in this season it just it elevates the whole thing yeah so shall we get into what The Faceless Ones is about with another signature Owen Cranston synopsis maybe maybe it's
0: been a while since I've done one of these
1: uh, do you fancy having to go now
0: give me one second one sip of water
1: okay put the uh ralph wiggum technical difficulties sign on this
0: the issue is is that right now i've got a mouth ulcer <laughs> and it really hurts my talk particularly when i talk fast and hold back laughter which is generally how these yeah this is go. How, exactly how this podcast goes so this is going to be very painful
1: well i bid you good luck and godspeed
0: thank you so we land in monday earth we're on t- in an airport Well, there's a lot of flying beasties flying towards them, as Jamie says. Flying beasties? Yeah. Um, But something's not quite right here. There's a low-priced airline which seems to be kidnapping people, which is somehow still better than Ryanair.
1: (laughs) Now, what you have to say about this low-budget airline (laughs) is that I don't see any surcharges. (laughs) There's, There's no baggage restrictions. Uh, there's no t- They all have pretty good leg room, I noticed. Mm-hmm. They treat them well Yeah. for the first half of the flight.
0: Yeah. And there's lots of leg room because something happens to the passengers because they're not <laughs> quite there when it te- lands. But we're skipping ahead massively here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so, back, back up. So, yeah, back, let's back up a little bit. Let's back up. Let's back up. So, if it goes along, they get an issue of immigration. He doesn't have his immigration documents, surprisingly. Um, but, yeah, so they... Go along there. Doctor and Co get targeted by. Ooh. <laughs> doctor and Co <code> gets targeted ti- <laughs> For Doctor and Co get cut, targeted by police. They get chased around. For police and commandants start to warm up to them. Bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. They investigate what's happening to all these people which are disappearing on the airline. They realise what's happening to these people. They negotiate.
1: Mm.
0: It's like the shortest bit of negotiation ever. And then. It ends with two companions leaving us.
1: Yeah, there's a lot happens in this episode. Uh, I mean, six parts is always a big one. We have said before, haven't we, that a lot of the six parters, you get a real hit and miss because we've had Dalek invasion of Earth in that in that category and before.
0: So, essentially, so far, how these six Parter ones tend to go is if they're Dalek,
1: they're good. Yeah, that's about right for a big Dalek one.
0: If there's no Daleks, they' no bad. Could. That that tends to be the equation we're looking at here. But yeah.
1: Has this broken it? I think it has. I mean, what we've usually said, I remember, is we think four, which is the the standard, really, yeah. for a Who Story at this point, is about right pace-wise. Yeah. You get roughly 90 minutes, mm-hmm. so it's feature length, a good pace. But when we're crossing into this territory, this is more like 2 hours 15, yeah. 2 hours 30. So it's a proper, it's a really big film, this, if you yeah. think about it like that. So you need to have a lot more narrative to get you there. And, and I think that's been some of the problems with the six passes we've seen before, like uh, like the sensorites, which is a good mm. example, where there's a lot of extension, a lot of filler, and then they're not really sure what they're doing by the, the end, yeah, which the I think we're mentioning in every podcast now.
0: The is an odd one, because while they've got lots of space, they still seem to run out of space towards the end.
1: Yes, it's, it's really odd. It's somehow there's nothing to do in the middle and that they rush the ending yeah someone should have just thought about that but with the faceless ones yeah uh, i can tell you categorically this is very well paced the narrative is consistently engaging this is absolutely worth your time if you want to watch a classic this is excellent stuff yeah. really really good episode
0: so much like most of patrick charleston's season most of this episode is lost we've only got two episodes which remain
1: Mm. But so, last year, the BBC made a six-part DVD with the other four parts... Sorry, all six parts have been animated.
0: In colour and black and white. Just for the record here, just before we go into anything else, mm. just for clarifications everyone knows, we watched for two broadcast episode, the two real life episodes, for two real-life episodes, and then the rest in black and white.
1: Uh, yeah, only reason we did that is because we went for the as true to how it would have been yeah. as possibly we could. So, yeah, we watched it like that what should we talk about the animation yeah quickly before we run on
0: before we do that have i told you yet how we got for third episode third real life episode no you
1: haven't actually i'd be interested so is this another um they found it somewhere ridiculous in the world um stories
0: i don't think we actually know it's origin oddly enough Hmm. it was someone brought it in a specialized car boot sale many years ago (laughs) really yeah and then they returned it to the BBC.
1: That was, that was running around in a car boot sale. Yeah, it's it's a specialised one. It's like, oh, it must be really specialised. The yeah. old uh, Doctor Who lost tapes car boot sale. Yeah. I'd Love to go to one of those. What are you looking for?
0: I had my um, lost and found Doctor Who stuff in one of my bookshelves, one which is behind me, which is across the room. So I'm presuming
1: was, it's now in the one across the room.
0: Or it's not in there at all, but yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Well, <laughs> it's one or two. Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, so it's just found in a car boot sale. It was degraded and stuff. So they had to repair it. I think they had to... Memory serves me right. They had to cut out a chunk of it because it just was terrible quality. Mm. But it doesn't really affect it at all, does it? Could we no. watch that real episode, did we?
1: Yeah, well, we watched it just now. And yeah. the whole the quality of it holds up. It's interesting when you see... I think when you start watching animated episodes, your head kind of gets naturalised to the animated look. Yeah. Because a lot of the ones we've watched recently have the similar look. They're obviously animated by Partic- the same kind of guys.
0: Particularly with... I don't think they're animated by the same guys, but they're animated in the same style. Yeah, the same Partic- style. Particularly Macro Terror, because this is almost exactly the same animation style. The movement is different in this one. This mm. one has a lot more stationary, a lot more traditional studio TV camera angles rather than Macro Terror, which was a lot of... Motion and cameras. Yeah, we
1: were saying before that they tried to modernise the way it flowed, I think for new audiences. But this one is more true to the... Because there are parts where you can see how the animation recreated the live action, Mm. particularly at the start of episode three where they did the cliffhanger out too. Uh, And it's dead on, pretty much. In terms of even the movement and the pace of the movement, it's done as faithfully as you could really hope for. Yeah. And best of all, it's just fun. Yeah. This is a fun story, you know. Yeah. It's a really good watch. It keeps you guessing the vast majority of the way through, which I'll yeah. go into why that's good and everything. Because
0: also, this, it's also worth noting as well, not just are we watching it in person, uh, talking about it in person. For the first time ever, we've actually watched an entire episode Yes. Together.
1: Yeah, we've watched this one in person for once. We've usually, because of COVID and um, living in different places and, and also, the way our lives are.
0: And also just timings in general. It's yeah, we've managed
1: to synchronize this one up a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really enjoyable watch. And I'm trying not to let that affect my opinion of the episode. But I think the episode is objectively solid.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it really is.
1: But yeah, it's a good watch. Shall we talk about characters then? Because I know both of us are bursting to actually chat about this.
0: Yes. Shall we talk about... Of- First of all, about
1: Polly. I think so, yeah, because, well, we won't have to do that again, will we?
0: So they've done a lot of dodo situation where halfway through the story, they just kind of disappear.
1: Yeah, this is a contract issue, obviously. Yeah. Although they do turn up again right at the end to do the a yeah, so bow scene.
0: When we are talking about this, I use very specific language when we were watching this. Mm. I specifically said to you, oh, it's the last date in the studio.
1: Yeah, so what's happened is they went and filmed that on location. So they
0: recorded that on location at the same time they did all the other outside scenes in the airport.
1: Yeah, so 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 they've gone and filmed the airport stuff first. Yeah, so they they've recorded, come back and done the scene. So they stuff. recorded
0: for airports. So when we say airport here, we mean out actually at Gatwick Airport, out on the runway area.
1: Yes, because this there was an interesting origin story into this. They wanted to film at Heathrow, didn't they? Yeah. But they wouldn't give them the permissions.
0: Yeah, so they went to Gatwick instead.
1: Well, Gatwick was quite new at the time. Yeah.
0: Um, so they recorded the
1: outside scenes during Macra Terra rehearsals oh right okay so a little so a few weeks before yeah yeah what that's led to then is you get the few weeks they do the outside stuff they then do Macra Terra in studio and then they do faces On The Studio
0: the first two episodes of Macra Terra but the issue with Polly here is that well yes she has a second episode in the studio that's not Polly's character <sighs>
1: No, they used that last episode to make uh, Annika Wills play a different character. And this is really the crux of the narrative here. Um, Polly is abducted yeah. by a group of people at the airport yes, who basically convert her or create a different version of her. They essentially clone her, don't they? Yeah, they clone her. That's that's the best way to describe it. Uh And all of a sudden, she's saying that she is uh, a Swiss woman who is coming to work in England and had an English governess. Yeah. And that throws everyone off. And that is, yeah, before that, Polly's just going, I think I saw something weird in that hangar over there. And then she goes in there and then finds out there's something I'm, weird going on.
0: That's pretty much the last time. I'm going to be honest with you. In terms of Polly and Ben... Because this is also Ben's last yes, episode. Yes, yeah, they
1: both go. Well, they start at the same time, yeah. so.
0: There's nothing here to talk about.
1: No, because...
0: They're there, and then they go, and then they do it as a... There's a um, dodo scenario.
1: Pretty much. They're taken out of the narrative as quickly as possible. In the first episode, Ben is kind of on the outskirts anyway, sort of doing investigation. He does make it to episode two as himself. Yeah. But then he sort <laughs> of says, oh, I'm go- I'll am gonna, i go and investigate this. And
0: then instantly gets through.
1: And instantly gets done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really stupid.
0: So since we can't talk about their characters, really, let's talk about their exit. Was it done well?
1: It's it's tricky. It's similar to how Ian and Barbara left mm. in some ways because it's an optional call. They, well, they, they all
0: have been optional because Dodos was also optional.
1: Yeah, Dodos was optional. Uh, but this is very much, you know, it's put in their hands. They have the conversation outside the airport hangar and they realise essentially that they're in the time that they left. And they go, well... Wouldn't mind going back to normal and... And unlike um, William Hartnell, which I think is the main difference with this scene, unlike William Hartnell, who would have fought tooth and nails to be like, well, no, you can't do that. You can't possibly go. Uh, Patrick is very much well, all right then. I don't think he's all right there. He's very accepting.
0: I don't think he's, he's just, Yeah, he doesn't like it, but he's accepting. He's, ex- ex- blah, 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 blah. he's accepting of the scenario. He's a more sympathetic yeah. doctor. rather than trying to argue with them, he goes, are you sure? Okay, that's fine. Moving on.
1: Yeah, and he's like, "Well, okay, nothing we can do about it." And then we, we burst on. So from now on, we are in a Doctor Jamie situation. Yes. Which I, for one, um, happy actually, about. You
0: haven't actually said yet, though. Were you happy about how they left?
1: I think it's okay. I I think, considering the fact that their contract only basically allowed them to do two episodes of six and then do one outside scene mm. to wrap it up. I think they did what they could. Yeah. It's not the world's most motivated thing. You'd have preferred it if they'd have written it in those first two episodes that they were kind of, say they were going around the airport and they were like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. They, or, oh, that's a, like they found some food. Even through like,
0: like Macro Terrace or complaining about it a little bit. Mm. It is a very sudden, isn't it?
1: Yeah, It. It doesn't feel motivated. It's fine. It makes sense because I think we understand innately that humans have a, a like this call for home, right? But that's all we're running on. You would have you would have liked to see maybe a couple of little references to them looking around and thinking, "Oh, you know, being home is something that I like."
0: I feel like if we were ranking these departures, we can't rank Stevens because we don't know how he left.
1: No, um, Dodo's is at the bottom of the list yeah, because be, of how rushed that was.
0: It would be definitely.
1: Susan. Oh yeah, Susan. Ian, Barbara. Yeah.
0: um, Ben, Polly, Dodo.
1: Yeah, that's my ranking as well. I feel like it just falls at
0: the same area which Dodos did, where it's just midway through the story they disappear, but it's slightly better than Dodos because Because at least they get a. They actually come back and say, "Look, they have an excuse for going away rather than just being sent off to the country." Yes, and they are also brought back to say their piece rather than just having Jamie find a letter.
1: Yeah, they wrap it in a bow.
0: Yeah, because I can definitely, I could definitely have seen them doing it this terrible way, where they get where the commandant receives a call, and the commandant tells the doctor or something along those lines. I can definitely see that. Oh yeah, they could have done
1: it. It's the sort of thing they'd have done in war machines. But yeah, I'm happy that they wrapped it in a bow. So, shall we now talk about the people who are with us? Yes. Starting with Jamie. Yeah. Starting with Jamie. Before we go into Jamie's character... There's always so many of these before we do this on Into the Back (laughs) Archive.
0: No, it's it's more I want to share a fun fact
1: with you. Oh, you did? Okay.
0: And I I want to have a quiz.
1: Oh. We should have a little um, theme music at this point. Yeah. So, let let me just...
0: Because I've previously done quizzes, but Mm. I got this completely wrong. So, let me just triple check. Yeah, please triple check your fact. Sorry about this. (laughs) Yeah, cool. I was right as well. <laughs> okay. So, James, I've got a quiz for you.
1: Okay. Theme music. Du-du-du-du-du.
0: So this revolves around Fraser Hines for person
1: who plays Jamie. Yeah.
0: Where was he born? Where was Fraser Hines born? I'll give you a multiple choice question okay, here. That,
1: that makes it easy because there's a lot of sort of places in the world.
0: Was he born in
1: Scotland? That would make sense. Yorkshire? okay or London in my head I want to say London because that's the most shocking answer in a sense because having a Londoner be able to play a Scotsman so convincingly would be cool yeah I don't think it's a Scotsman because otherwise why would this be Equals. a fun fact yeah I like Yorkshire as a place yeah also Fraser Hines sounds like it could be a Yorkshire name as opposed to maybe, I wouldn't think you'd see that more in London. It could be a Scottish name, though. It could be a Scottish name, of course. I mean, Fraser is a very Scottish exactly. name. Exactly. If, if, if this if this question is simply to double bluff me, to the point where it says, no, you idiot, he was born in Scotland. L- let's say London, because that's the answer I'd most want it to be. And then we'll find out how Scottish he is. Incorrect, it was Scotland. Oh, brilliant. Well, no, that, wasn't. that's it lovely. Was, it wasn't, it was Yorkshire. Oh, it was Yorkshire, is yeah. it? Yeah, whereabouts in Yorkshire?
0: Let me have a quick look. Here we go again, Hornsford.
1: Hornsford, I've never heard of Aldford. Yeah, I don't know where it is exactly in Yorkshire.
0: No, but anyway, there you go. Fun fact quiz there.
1: I mean, he does the Scottish well. I mean, we've we've liked Jamie since he's arrived. Yeah, and there is just something about him. This kind of this fierce loyalty, this honour, this almost cheekiness. He's funny. He has multiple dimensions. He's defined,
0: and in fact, as well, which have kept his background of not knowing what, how modern day England works. Like mm. going,
1: oh, it's for flying biskies. Yeah, it just adds a, it just adds color. It's different. It's interesting. Yeah, in fact, he talks back to the Doctor as well, because
0: mm. there's there's a stage where the Doctor's going, oh, have you ever known me to be wrong? <laughs> and he's just like,
1: I, I,
0: <laughs> and it just adds so much more character
1: to it rather than just the... Oh, Doctor's over everyone else. Mm. They're a bit of a double act. Mm. They they bounce off of each other, which, which is good. Uh, the thing is, Jamie obviously isn't as intelligent, maybe, as the Doctor, but, but he has actually more common sense.
0: I think he's got more common sense, but he's also sometimes faster.
1: Yeah, he's very quick.
0: He's very quick with it all. Also, just as a fun fact, just... Mm. off, oh, I won't do a quiz out of this. Yeah. Um, in Big Finish Stuff, Fraser Hines does Patrick Charlton. What he does this he he plays for for second no. doctor in, in the he plays both characters that's,
1: that's genuinely brilliant yeah
0: because they they became they really good what they what they would do. yeah I'm sure they would have they became really good friends over three years mm. uh, and I think I could be wrong here um, I'm fairly sure which Fraser Hines was the reason why Patrick and started doing com- uh Comic Con shows doing conventions. Mm
1: not bad fraser you've done a good job yeah yeah i mean what can we say more about jamie he just he is almost better and better with each episode yeah he is such good fun to watch you know when he's um him and uh him the doctor and somebody else will get on to uh lying down and the and the lasers coming out yeah there are just moments in there he's going you know what do you mean do that or you know i'll die here it's always stuff like that it's these moments of i will always be loyal
0: yeah and he also does it in a lot better way than say ben does where ben just protests mm. it's always a lot more softer it's always a lot more easier to listen to
1: yeah he's just a good character isn't he yeah there are great moments throughout like this whole episode which we'll get to when we get to the plot and then finally patrick trout himself second doctor much like fraser
0: hines and jamie it just gets better Better yeah
1: it's these are great episodes he's good
0: yeah i guess we we're saying i don't know what's changed between for the first three seasons and this fourth one could be that i don't know i don't think it is i think you have to
1: put it out there as an idea
0: i think the first season was just them not knowing what they're doing so i can kind of let first season off but the issue is in those first three seasons that first one's the best one
1: yeah they kind of slides the, the stories are just so hit and miss yeah in the Hartnell are so far with Trout, we've just had solid stories. At least from the ones we we still that, have.
0: That's the thing to remember. We, to be fair, a lot of this season has now been animated. I think we've yeah. only got like three which haven't been.
1: Yeah, the majority. I think it's just over half now, and I, I this think, just over half is pretty good.
0: I think it's more than just is it really? Half, yeah. Let me just quickly double check for. I once again. <laughs> You're also meant to have this up, so I don't know why you ha <laughs> me. What? You're also meant to have a Wikipedia up.
1: I do have the Wikipedia up, it just doesn't show me how many episodes there are in the season. Uh
0: so we've got Paradox Animated, Highland oh nope, sorry. I forgot the first two. Mm. For smugglers not animated. Yep. Temp Planet is animated. Paradox yep. has been. Yep. Highlanders hasn't been. Underwater menace hasn't been. So, For G3. Moonbase. Has been, Macro has been, Faithless One has been, The
1: Evil of the Daleks is about to be. So it will be six, it will be six done and three missing by the time Evil of the Daleks is done, which we will review when it's out.
0: Yeah. But this season has been, excluding the premature return of the Cybermen, has been pitch perfect. Mm. The only issue I've got with this season is the fact which we've got two Cybermen stories almost back to back.
1: Yeah, that that one's a bit weird. and, and But both episodes work on the road. I think the weird thing about it is they're just, I remember saying it on the podcast, just too similar to each other. Yeah. Where you thought, well, why would you have both of those stories in one season? It just feels like we're retreading old ground.
0: Particularly back as back-to-back, because even, like, we're only looking at fan-based one, but even if we're looking at feet complete season run-through, there's only two stories apart. Yeah. Which just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's a different tangent anyway Uh,
1: but yeah it does get better and better I think the reason for that is once again there's this playful edge to whatever we're watching Patrick Troughton there is a playfulness there's almost the sense that you can laugh at him but you know how serious he is he's got this great balance yeah
0: and you can see as well where he can be a logistical genius he 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 always seems to be several steps ahead doesn't he Mm.
1: but sometimes as well he makes mistakes yeah which which humanises him yeah you know, there's the bit where he tries to bluff his way on one of the planes, thinking he's nailed them, Yeah and he realises he's been completely bluffed himself.
0: Yeah. Shall we move on from characters and go into story?
1: Yeah, let's go, let's go into it. So there's six parts of story to get through. Quite quite a chunk. I
0: don't think we'll be doing it episodically, but we
1: can... No, I think we'll just run through the general gist.
0: Actually, before we do that, shall we do something which we haven't done before? What is that? Let's talk about some of the side characters.
1: I Do you know what? I think that's actually worth doing because there's a lot of good ones this episode. Yeah. There's a really good list of them that we can get through quickly. Yeah. I think we need to start with uh, a certain woman called Samantha Briggs, don't we? Yeah. She's got to be the person we start off with. Yeah,
0: she was... Because when Ben and Polly go, she essentially comes in as Vixaricut's third companion
1: yeah she arrives in in the second episode uh samantha is a woman from the lovely city of liverpool uh who i know many people from and if any of you randomly listening to this uh, i miss you um she comes down because her brother brian has just been on one of the flights operated by chameleon tours which is this low budget airline but he hasn't been seen Mm mm-hmm and so she's coming down here all headstrong of us to, to get answers. She's not waiting around for the police. She's not waiting around for anybody. She'll rather do this herself.
0: Yeah. You thought repeatedly while watching this, which she was going to become a
1: companion. I'm convinced. Uh, the way, because we've seen it in other episodes where you'll meet somebody who's being given a lot of depth and you think, yeah. oh, well, this is because we're being set up. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't go that way. Uh, Sam doesn't end up getting on the tiles. It never even becomes an option. No. But during it, she has a... A relationship with Jamie. It feels very forced between the A both. little bit forced, I admit. It's nice, but there's not a lot of stuff in the narrative that makes it make sense.
0: So you say which there was no option of her becoming companion. It didn't seem to be in
1: the episode, in the way the script was written. Like, the question of, do you want to come with us, does never gets asked by either party.
0: It didn't... On- on camera but it did behind the scenes it did behind the scenes yeah the actress who plays samantha briggs got asked do you want to become a companion mm. and she said no i don't want to be stuck to a particular project
1: that's bold to do that mm. from an acting perspective because that's stable yeah and also you get a certain amount of recognition yeah it has that's a shame you know yeah because i think she would have been very good yeah she would have brought something completely different. I mean, she's a scouser. Yeah. So she's, she's sort of regionalised, she's unique, she's very headshot. And it's not like, I wouldn't call her like rough-edged. I don't think that's her. She's just very driven.
0: Yeah. Essentially, she's what we thought Polly would be. but Yeah. actually, that character.
1: Well, we'd yeah. hope so, but we don't know. The character know. we were hoping Polly was going to become yeah. or something like that. Because Polly, there were signs of it, but they never really got explored. And in the end, Polly ever. Yeah. Polly got relegated. I mean, one of the things that really sticks out to me about this episode on a Polly perspective is when uh, her and Ben are saying goodbye to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, Ben, now you can go back to be an admiral and Polly, you can look after Ben. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) right. Is that it?
0: So Polly's got no dreams so She's not going to become a master type. No,
1: no. Polly's (laughs) job is to find a man and look after that man. Yeah. And also make coffee for everybody on Sidemen basis.
0: It's just... Her character's just disappointing. There's nothing, it's just a shame. nothing yeah. else to say potential about her character. Potential was
1: there, but it never got further on the first episode. And the potential was there for uh, Samantha. Yeah. But I guess we'll never know. No. What a shame.
0: And final side character is for baddie,
1: so to speak, for most of this season. Most oh, of this story. I think there's actually a couple more you could talk about along with. Yeah. There really are. Um, You could talk about Detective Inspector Crossland. I don't know. He's only really around for two episodes. He's only really around for two episodes but he makes a real impact. Mm. For me anyway. He, he comes into, he's on his own investigation of what's going on. Uh, he, uh, a colleague of his has gone missing now because of this thing. So Inspector he's investigating Gascoigne. that and everything. Yeah, Inspector Gaskell. He gets uh, unfortunately killed uh, pretty much straight at the start. Yeah. He's the catalyst for all this. Uh, but as he goes in, he's the first person who actually takes the doctor semi-seriously. Yeah. Because he's looking for any kind of answer he can. He keeps an open mind. But his mind is so open that he doesn't really have any fear and he ends up getting on one of the planes, yeah, he, which isn't a great idea for him.
0: He's one who opens the door for the story to take place. Yeah. But then he then very quickly gets to ahead of himself, think, oh, I'm an inspector of police force. I can go and do anything. Despite warnings from the doctor, goes on one of the planes, get kidnapped within like the second episode. And then we don't see him again until the last episode.
1: Uh, yeah, because he... He ends up getting. He gets cloned. Yeah, and that's the situation. Everyone just gets cloned in this episode, which is good fun to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, Who else can you about the commandant is good to chat about because he's in a lot of this. Yes. Uh, but, But. But.
0: He's becoming a reoccurring character.
1: We do see a commandant a lot,
0: particularly in this season. We're seeing it a few times now.
1: Mm. We're always seeing somebody who's, well, I'm in charge here on a human level.
0: I'm in charge here. I'm going to butt against the Doctor. Oh, no, wait, as the story goes along. And you realise that, oh, he's actually doctor. got a
1: point and then he becomes a friend. And yeah, we saw that on the moon base. Yeah. Uh, you could even see that at Mac with the pilot or yeah. the security officer, Yeah. so to speak. So, yeah, it's it's tried and tested. Yeah. For who? But I I think he's a good character. He he has funny moments. I think that's what I like about the way he's written. Yeah. There are moments where he's he's cracking jokes.
0: I like the fact that he is super boneheaded to the point of it being ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he's just like, well, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, Even though he's an investigator, <laughs> which is slightly... He's not
0: an investigator, come No, No, he's but obviously it's his job to his stay
1: abreast of what's going yeah. on if there are yeah. investigations ahead.
0: My favourite moment is when the doctor is trying to talk to the inspector about what's going on, and the doctor just goes, they're taking them to outer space, and he goes, well, I don't have... What?
1: Yeah, there's a moment where he just goes,
0: what? Yeah, his timing is perfect.
1: Hmm. It breaks you completely out. There are so many moments like that throughout the story, which I think what makes it so fun, we have these little moments of levity.
0: So, yeah.
1: And finally, one more we really do need to talk about is Captain Blade, which I know you wanted to get onto. Yeah. Uh, he, Captain Blade's the essentially in charge or carrying out the main he, operation of this He force. isn't in
0: charge, but the person who really is in charge isn't spoken of or seen until, like, for the last 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Blade is the one leading the operation on the ground. Yeah. And my word, does he lead an operation on the ground this guy's smart
0: so yeah so he is i don't want to say this but i think he is he's almost pitch perfect in every way his facial expressions his physical face is perfect for this role Mm. everything he says is so slimy but so precise and he's just so cunning he's so clever
1: yes he is able to call out he react one step ahead to everything the whole episode yes. and he doesn't actually get beaten i think that's what i like about yeah. blade because he allow he realizes that it is in his best interest yeah to do what the doctor wants by the end and that is why the doctor wins is because it is blade recognizes that he has to do that and that is the sign of a really bit like he wouldn't have been beaten
0: yeah he he is yeah he's one of a few Baddies in Doctor Who, which you generally feel like are either sm- who could or be even smarter than the Doctor. He's one of a few which you feel like could.
1: Yeah, the be reaching that is point is consistently smart. Yeah, I mean everything like, is well thought out by him, and he's always steps ahead. Yeah, his face—I do want to talk about his face. You know, what he reminds me of what? Imagine like, obviously, he'd have to be smart and clever and all those things and yeah. good good at speaking which obviously this guy maybe isn't as much but he, but he looks like keir starmer
0: <laughs> no he
1: doesn't yes he does look like keir no, I, i'm reminded of keir starmer. i don't
0: think he looks like keir he evokes starmer. keir starmer. okay that's a
1: weird path i'm not don't even doing where right to go
0: like that. from that but yeah no he's just a really good character like while watching, it, we were comparing him to the Monk, weren't we? Well, I was. Yeah,
1: yeah, we were. He, because f- the Monk is obviously smart as hell. He's a yeah. Time Lord like the Doctor is.
0: Well, I think there's a difference. Is that the Monk was very jumbly all over the place, very sort of Eleventh Doctor-esque, a little bit about chaotic. His, his smartness is all over the shot. Whereas Bane here, he is precise.
1: Yeah, every move is calculated. He is in control. He makes sure people are in the right place. Yeah. The only time Blade makes any sort of mistake is when he thinks he's being bluffed, and he isn't. That is the one mistake he makes.
0: Yeah, he's an excellent character in an excellent story.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, Blade is one of the best villains, period. I mean, we could... For me, I think he's the best human villain we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Since we started... I mean, Cutler is there in terms of parts of his character are really, really good. But Blade, as a full story, because Cutler obviously gets wiped quite really abruptly yeah. in 10th Planet. Blade gets to see the whole thing out, and yeah, he's fantastic. Really enjoyed watching him.
0: So we've nearly already spent 40 minutes just glowing about this episode, we haven't even got into the story yet. That's standard. Shall we... I feel like we've talked about a lot of the story points already, so shall we just quickly... Go through the main points in the story. Which yeah, we can talk, talk about
1: sort of episode by episode quickly. Yeah. Running through it. Because episode one is fairly straightforward. Doctor, Ben, Polly, Jamie land on the runway at Gatwick Airport. That obviously alerts some authority attention. Yeah. While they're dealing with that, Polly comes across a dead body in a hang which belongs to Detective Inspector Gascoigne, which remember before. So, when the Doctor finds the dead body with Polly, he yeah. thinks, well, I'm going to have to report this to the authorities. But he, but the authorities are getting at him because he, and him and Jamie, obviously, don't have passports. So how could they have arrived at the airport? Which also leads on to funny things for the Doctor and Jamie
0: when they're t- attempting to work out. Jamie's just there wanting to be all innocent and going, oh, we got here on the, in a police box. Yeah, and, and he's just like, like, Jamie, don't.
1: <laughs> Jamie, don't. Shut up. Shut That's not normal. <laughs> that won't work. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and this is when when we lose Polly.
1: Yeah, Polly gets lost at this bit, and then Polly reemerges as a Swiss woman mm. who doesn't recognise uh, the doctor and Jamie at all, even when the doctor and Jamie press her. Yeah. All the while, the commandant has been cooled down, and he's saying, "Well, this is absolutely ludicrous. The dead body's been moved, so they can't find that." So there's no evidence of anything going on. Not only that, the Doctor is claiming he's been killed with a ray gun, which in the 1960s isn't seen as a very plausible concept.
0: Yeah, the best thing about this story, this entire story going away from it, is that it only plays its cards when it needs to. Exactly. It doesn't let anything go.
1: I was saying to you briefly before, while we were watching it, and I think this is what makes the story so cleverly done, is that you don't notice really what the motivation behind what's going on is for the yeah. majority of it?
0: Yeah, cause it's I, only revealed late. Because I watched four episodes before we watched them together. Yeah,
1: and then we watched the last two.
0: And there were points when you were asking me questions like, "Oh, does he does that?" And I'm like, "I just said to you spoilers." But truthfully, I had no clue what I was what, what was going on because it yeah it keeps its cards so close
1: to its chest all the way through. But what makes it smart is that while it, there are a lot of stories that I watch from a writing perspective where people don't want to give anything away, but the thing is there's nothing to gain from that because you you need to have little clues Yeah. or something to go through. What's clever about Faceless Ones is that it doesn't get you interested in the motivation, it gets you interested in the mechanics first. Yeah. How are they doing this? So the question we, of why comes later. Shall
0: we look at this story in a different way rather than episodic?
1: Do you want to? I, but, I can go with that.
0: Look through at the different mechanics which they reveal.
1: As we go, yeah. So, okay. So the cloning one is one of the first main mechanics as to what's going on with this.
0: Yeah, so this first gets introduced to us. Part with Polly, really. Where we, mm. you, Your initial reaction to Polly coming up as a Swissman was off the back of Matro. Matra mm. was going, well, oh, she'd been brainwashed.
1: Yeah, probably. Like hypnotised or something like that.
0: Yeah. Which... Isn't what happened, but then I mean, we then see which what looked like a really badly scarred man being dragged towards medical unit. Mm, and there's some
1: and that imagery is really I mean, we saw the live action version of that imagery. The, the makeup they've done is fantastic. It looks really otherworldly.
0: I only wish we could see for that makeup done face on, because we only saw the hand mm. in that makeup. And I wish we saw the entire thing. Yeah,
1: because there's like there's a photo of it that exists that we've had to look at and it yeah. looks haunting. Yeah really it's like a great halloween costume idea it is it is that time i know when this goes out it'll be getting there
0: yeah so then we've got the cloning side of things guys get put into the air traffic control who are cloned the Mm. police start to come along but then this is when the inspector goes onto the plane
1: Oh no, you're jumping a bit actually. Am I? The yeah, I think you're jumping. There's a really good mechanic they do in episode two. Yeah. Which, which really surprised me and it's just because it you wouldn't think about it but it's really clever. Mm-hmm. So when Samantha arrives, yeah. the proof she has that, that her brother Brian had got oh, to yeah. Rome, which we're going to see, he sent her a postcard Yeah, saying, you know, hi, um, I'm in Rome, I'm having a lovely time. Yeah. The reason that she's got that postcard though is because chameleon tours make all the people flying write their postcards in advance yeah and then they when they fly over to europe on the plane they can post them in wherever they are in europe which i mean even outside of a doctor
0: story it's a genius way to get away with mass murder that's brilliant masking that thing obviously let me just clarify we're not saying do this
1: if yeah you if you're if you're gonna do mass kidnapping please don't
0: yeah but this is such an amazing and clever way of doing it
1: because yeah, it just it throws you so completely off the scent when they reveal it i thought I, it's one of those moments where you sort of yeah. slap yourself in the face and you think, Well, how can i have thought of that yeah that's exactly what you want be, in a twist because that's it's also
0: hinted at as well because mm. it Inspector in is shot because he finds for postage stamps. Yeah, that's true. So he they leave these clues up, but you don't realise until they, they realise.
1: Until they explain it to you, really. And you go, oh, there's a lot of moments in the episodes where you just go, oh, that's how it is. And then that's why I'm saying that you get interested in mechanics, is every mechanic leads to the next one. Yeah.
0: So what's the next one then?
1: So the next one, I think, is the plane, isn't it, really? Yeah, so... The question obviously then becomes, well, if they're getting the people flying to write postcards, well, where are they? If they're not, if they're missing, where the hell are they?
0: So this is when we then go to our good old friendly Metropolitan Police Officer. Yes,
1: now we're at Crossland.
0: He goes on the plane to try to... question to, Blade. Question Blade. But Blade sort of coerces him into the cockpit. doesn't look like a normal cockpit, but, you know, it's not a normal ship, normal plane, as it turns out. Mm. Because the inspector gets strapped down, and Blaine goes, "Now look at all these passengers." It's a switch, and then we cut back to because they're looking at it for a camera, a so CCTV cut, camera CCTV, which is on a dolly. Yeah, don't need to question that. And we cut back <laughs> to the, dolly
1: CCTV and we cut cameras.
0: cut back to the monitor, and they're just gone, and no one knows where.
1: Yeah, it's complete. It's like no one was ever on the plane. Yeah. See, at the start, I remember when it happened, you have that moment of, oh, this is interesting. Have they beamed them up somewhere? Are they taken? In actual fact, what they've done is miniaturised them.
0: Yeah. Which is sort of a second bit, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, that becomes
1: the focus after that, because they're put into these, all these young people are put into filing cabinets pretty much on the plane.
0: It's very much the arc's initial story where miniaturised people have been put into sliders, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's interesting how many Doctor Who stories have actually used miniaturisation already because Planet Giants is miniaturised for a lot of it. Uh Not that it's good. Yeah. The Ark talks about it. I
0: think the Ark is more closely aligned because they yeah. miniaturise people and just shove them into drawers. Yeah, it's very close to that. So, yeah. And... So, yeah. So, at this point, we start doing more investigation on the ground, don't we, Wish? Yeah. But what what's the next... The I next step to of that work.
1: is finding out where, okay, well, now we know where they are. Yeah. So, where are they taking them? Yes. Becomes the next question that you ask. We find out in episode four, and you notice how each mechanic is being revealed just sort of every episode. Yeah. Like there's just another step you get given yeah. to get you there. And so, we find out that the planes have essentially hidden wings Yeah. that allow them to, to, to move vertically up into space. And this is revealed brilliantly at the yeah. end of episode four, uh, the, the Commandant issues an order to the RAF uh, to follow one of the Comedian planes in a fighter jet. Yeah. However, the miniaturization ray is so powerful out of the plane that it was able to get the pilot of the RAF plane. I don't know that's, how... I think that's what happened. I thought he just got shot. No, I think it's because they use the same glow... Mm. it's the same glow so, yeah. it, so in episode 4 they do it one of the illustrations f- because Jamie gets on the plane and we see it again
0: but they say which for
1: food is what leaves the RAF
0: leaves for us drinking
1: yes but it's I don't know maybe maybe not maybe but it was a simple we as, didn't see it after the glow so it's hard to tell
0: maybe it was as simple as they just shone a really blinding light at the pilot it started and then he crashed
1: maybe uh, but, although I, th- I think the way it was, played- my personal interpretation has got yeah. miniaturised. But I oh no it could have been multiple things. Either I way, think plane he goes got, down.
0: I don't think he got miniaturised because they mentioned about food as the first stage, and that's the reason why Jamie
1: isn't miniaturised. See, I thought Jamie wasn't miniaturised simply because he was in another room. No, but they, then again, that would contravene what I think about the plane. So they, it's obviously they, dumb.
0: <laughs> they, they directly said Jamie didn't get miniaturised
1: because he didn't. Get for All food. right. Yeah. But in that case, he probably didn't. Get, probably just got shot. Yeah. Anyhow. The the fighter jet gets compromised. Uh, what we learn is when we see that on the radar systems, and the commandant and the doctor are watching this. Yeah, they say, "Well, we know what a dot standing still is. Their radars are two dimensional. Yeah, we know what a dot standing still is. The plane has gone down. It's just, it's just gone down in a straight line. Dropped. It's in the same place. Just lower. Yeah. But then the doctor says, smartly, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to go straight down. It could go straight up. Yes." And that's exactly what the planes are doing. They're going straight up to an off-earth satellite.
0: So hello and welcome back. We had some technical issues. So we're back here on a completely different day. Sorry about for the delay. Uh, the last 10 minutes of this podcast got corrupted. Then I got COVID. Then James got something. We're not quite sure what he got.
1: Uh, I got the cold that's going round. I think that's the best way to describe it. it. It did render me very useless for a good week.
0: We both got ill at the same time. So if the episode got delayed, we apologise. No more at delays. At least we get
1: ill together, sort of at a convenient time. Kind of reduce the delay, I suppose.
0: Yeah, so no no more breaks, no more gaps until the new episode. But we'll have a new series, but we'll talk about that towards the end.
1: Anyway, so where the heck did we leave this? Um, where does this come up from?
0: So, so essentially it we left off talking about how it's really cool about how the aeroplane pla- goes up and how that's the disruption of the relationship, really, between the prop makers and the BBC. Mm. And then I think you just went, quite frankly, you just went on a bit of a rant about how amazing this episode is.
1: It is really decent. I, I-, I do want to point out Face the Swans is one of the better classic episodes just by far. It has this really great plot, and especially at this point where we have the plane come up, that's where it really kicks into this high gear because when everyone disappears and we get all of the miniaturisation stuff happening, it it feels like the culmination of a mystery that you haven't quite been able to work out, motivation-wise, or what the goal of everything is. So when that comes out, it feels really great.
0: Yeah, because essentially, it's only really around episode seven, which we get any idea for plot, isn't it? Really?
1: Well, episode but, seven, did you say?
0: <laughs> episode five. I know seven. numbers. <laughs>
1: Covid
0: COVID took it out of me, James. Covid took it out. I can't count now.
1: (laughs) Yes, the infamous, uh, it's not about smell and taste, it's count. Yeah, Um, that's the new Covid uh, test. Um, I've met people with similar issues. (laughs) How many fingers am I holding up? Twelve!
0: There's only really around episode five which we really get any of the plot, isn't it, really?
1: That's where you start to get answers, yeah, because the first four, like I said... You're trying to work out why certain things are happening, what the end goal is and what the motivation behind everything is. We find out in episode five that they are looking to repopulate their planet with young, healthy people who've been miniaturized so they can be brought up there.
0: So they find this information out by essentially exposing one of the, I won't say bridge or cabin crew, but it's none of those words. Um, uh, air
1: traffic control air traffic control crew. Is, yes yes
0: they they expose one of them as being a chameleon faceless one Meadows mm. where we then have yeah that's it the interrogation scene I'm you like this but I'm still not the biggest fan
1: what of the exposition in general or
0: kind Just of the, the way that Meadows gets
1: interrogated
0: the way he gets interrogated it feels like he gives it up too easily
1: He kind of does, yeah. I think he does a bit. But in a sense, we kind of needed to kick the story on forward. It's a mild nitpick. Yeah. I think it's a little bit convenient how it comes out, but I still think it's okay. Uh, It has a tendency to kind of feel like, oh, we've been waiting for this, so we have to have the scene where we explain everything. But I think it works fairly well, because at the end of the day, we've we've waited so long for the answers that we don't really mind that it comes out all in this big wash.
0: Yeah. So they interrogate him by threatening him to press this small thing on his wrists, which you previously said looked like a lateral flow test.
1: Yeah, it sort sure of does.
0: I think it looks more like a Joy-Con.
1: You have? Yeah, that I agree with even more, actually, than the lateral.
0: Mm. So essentially...
1: I've seen so many lateral tests in the past two weeks, like, I, I, I can't see anything else. <laughs>
0: One for joys of getting COVID. You don't need to do any lateral flow test. You just accept you've got it. All
1: um, right, shut up, <laughs> COVID boy.
0: Um, so going on from the interrogation scene, they realise which the only person who knows where their human counterpart is, because essentially all the comedians need to keep a human counterpart, the person who they're copying, they realise the nurse is the only one who knows where her duplicate is. So they go to the nurse's room. Hmm. And they meet for nurse, which is where we see for f- for first time what happens when the Joy-Con button is pressed.
1: And the effect is well, it, it's a shocker.
0: Yeah, it it definitely hits it'll you, melt your it? mind. Yeah. It, essentially, as soon as you press it, you melt.
1: Yep, just liquid, liquid you on the floor like a puddle.
0: So what I thought was going to happen at this point was that. When you press that button, it goes back to the old faceless, the original skin, so to speak, and mm. they suffocate because that's what we previously saw in previous episode. They said they go, "I, I can't breathe," and all that stuff. So I thought they would just yeah, suffocate, but no, they turn into a puddle. They are essentially a witch who gets water yeah, on just, them. They just destroy
1: something. the body. It's almost like it's taking the evidence out.
0: Mm. It's a very dramatic scene, isn't it?
1: Mm. It just, but it kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Because you you yeah. don't expect it, and when it happens, you just got like, "Whoa, that was hardcore!" It is a really dramatic moment when it happens because, like we were saying, you don't expect it. You think maybe the suffocation would happen. This whole liquid thing has this very dramatic effect. You sort of go, "Whoa, that's a bit, that's a bit hardcore." Nineteen sixties family show. Well, yeah. What are we doing here? Because
0: so I remember in our previous recording of this, you were saying which you thought which if they went for the choking method, it would be a bit too far
1: yeah absolutely you, but, you wouldn't want to as a kid see it's just suffocation and death it's never fun but it is it, a dark thing
0: this way here is still very dark this this is a very much a slap in the face rather than a slow burn though
1: yeah it it's the difference is the quick yeah. there's no suffering so to speak it's just kind of you're dead
0: so at this point for doctor puts in place a, a plan where they attempt to get on board the plane, where he disguises himself as a chameleon, does this plan work? Is it successful? Will Blaine notice? Almost immediately. Almost immediately, he is found out. Which,
1: yeah, the whole the whole idea is the doctor with the original version of the nurse head up on the plane. Posing as kind of chameleons. But Blade knows already that they're lying. He allows them to come up, which I think is what makes him such a smart villain. And I think I mentioned a lot of this on the original recording that we did before it corrupted. But Blade is probably the most competent villain we've had on a Who episode.
0: Yeah. Like he. I think we made. Mev already made for comparison in the podcast between the monk. for monk. Yeah, seems to have, be, yeah. For monk seems to be doing it just because he's having fun. But Blaine is properly thinking things through. Hmm. Um. And then at this point, it all goes badly wrong. That Blaine realises the Doctor is not who he says he is. As we said, we then go up. We meet the Director, mm. and Blaine and the Director have got an interesting relationship.
1: <laughs> Why are you saying Director?
0: Um, it's a very obscure reference to a very good BBC One show. Which one? Um, for show that for show for Goes Wrong show.
1: Oh, I haven't seen the Goes Wrong show. Um, I've heard of it.
0: You need to. And essentially, there's a character at the beginning. It's based around them being in in a small play group thing. And there's a for director Chris Bean. And every episode, he introduces it by going, "Hello, I'm Chris Bean for director."
1: <laughs>
0: and every time, it makes me laugh. So yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But yes, the relationship between the two is there's clearly a bit of resentment there for Blade because we we realise that down on Earth he's controlling the whole operation, but the moment he gets back on the mothership, he is just a lackey, yeah, really, just carrying out what the director wants.
0: And then we have the twist when the direct when Blade turns on the director. What led up to well, that? That's... James do you remember
1: well this was the whole thing about they were bluffing that they were um, the doctor starts bluffing that they've found a way to turn all of the chameleons into liquid yeah but they don't have it yet he knows they're looking for it but he bluffs pretending that they've got it to try and buy him some time and this obviously sows the seeds of doubt and discord into the ship and I think that's what really starts the process for Blade realising oh is my director doing the right thing director's dilly dallying surely he's not doing this surely he's not doing that um, and yeah once obviously they find it they're able to prove that they've got it which then makes things even worse and even more pressing yeah. for Blade
0: but then that's essentially the end of the episode isn't it
1: yeah pretty much once they figure that out Blade turns on the director yeah. to try and sort of save his own to save face really Uh, But that's all futile at this point. The plan has been worked out. They can sort out all the comedians. And at that point, the Doctor simply tells them to get the hell away from the planet and return all of the young people trying to go on those budget holidays to Rome.
0: Included in those young people is Ben and Polly, who don't return to the TARDIS. They, we say goodbye to them. I think we probably previously mentioned we this did in the episode. Co- yeah, we
1: did cover this. This was the true ending of, of Ben and Polly leaving. I mean, as a scene, do you think it works? Just fully, as we talk about it? I'm not sure whether we talked about this both. I'm just going to do it so that we yeah. have coverage in the edit.
0: Um, I think the scene itself is good. The fact which they aren't present for half the, the story is a problem. It's better than how they did it with Dodo. Whether dojo just essentially hands them polly a letter and goes i'm off bye
1: yeah it's the second worst i suppose because i would say that the ian and barbara d- goodbye makes more sense because they're more in that episode it's all yeah. kind of building to that and obviously susan's is kind of the gold standard we've had so far yeah but yeah I've, ben and polly's just kind of they leave because the contracts are up and they've just got to find a way <laughs> to get them done. yeah gone. <laughs> And overall, it's, it's a shame, I think, that both characters didn't, I, I don't think, realise the potential they had in War Machines. and Yeah. Particularly Polly, because I think she had the most potential and she just got squandered by bad writing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. That...
1: Uh, apart, but that's about it, apart from the fact that the Doctor and Jamie don't know where the TARDIS is.
0: Yes, which we'll follow on from next week.
1: And speaking of next week, uh, next week implies that we have dates to release podcasts, which we should probably talk about because those have changed.
0: Yes, because we got a big announcement yesterday, as of recording, uh, two days ago, as of release. So mm. Saturday, we got the first proper preview of the next season of Doctor Who,
1: which we are—they are tentatively calling Doctor Who Colon Flux.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting. (laughs) Did did you... I I know I sent you the video, but I don't know if you had a chance to watch it fully.
1: I genuinely haven't, because I have been busy since it's come out. I've seen the visuals of it. Yeah. So so I've seen it visually.
0: um, There is something, just to have a quick discussion about it, because we're we're a Doctor Who podcast, so that's kind of what we we do. Well,
1: it's, you know, it's a big trailer. We should probably mention it.
0: So within there... There is a, they go through some of the baddies, which link up to something else with which we've previously had. Hmm. So during the Comic-Con events panel thing, I've forgotten what it was. Um, Chris Chibnall, when said what to expect in one word, he answered with the word swarm.
1: Swarm? Yes. Has he been to Thought Park too much?
0: No, because this leads into something which we have. Because in that trailer, they mentioned all the baddies which will be in this season.
1: Yes, and there's going to be a few from the trailer. Yes. board so, of them.
0: So, we've decrypted most of what he means by swarm.
1: And what is the decryption saying?
0: So, if you think about swarm, S, Sontarans, W, oh. Weeping. A, oh, Angels, angels. R, Ravagers, for new monster thing. Yep. But
1: what's M? M? Mondas, is in like Mondas Cybermen.
0: <laughs> or Master?
1: Master, that would make sense, yeah. Obviously Master was in Time of the Child, stuff like that, so that wouldn't be too far off the bat. Macra? There's they obviously don't exist, those... though, exactly. They don't exist, shut up. <laughs> It's got to be, it's got to be the best pun of this entire podcast, the fact that they just don't exist.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, what what do you think that M is?
1: Uh, I think it would make sense if it was Master. I think there's sort of unfinished business with the time of the Shard arc. And yeah. That. So it makes sense for uh, Sasha to want to be back.
0: And also, I he, was a good, f- he was a good Master. That That season had flaws, but he was not one of them.
1: I think he did an alright job it's it's tricky really because I think John Sim has kind of set this gold standard now for the modern yeah. master it's very very difficult to get past that because Michelle Gomez was pretty good but she took it in a different angle didn't she yeah very different angle I think it worked yeah but yeah totally different to um, kind of how it was with John Simm uh, and we all know that Michelle Gomez being cast as a master was kind of the um, they were laying the groundwork for the transition to Jodie yeah. I think yeah, I think the master will probably be. It might be something really, really exciting. It might be a new monster we haven't seen before that's really cool, or something like that. Hell, Martha, <laughs> that'd be something.
0: That'd be something. Well, they have got a relationship. She went on Torchwood.
1: Yeah, that's true. They have worked together before. But yeah, go on, Martha, get in there.
0: <laughs> so Stand as- by that. As you might expect, we will be covering Series 13, Flux. We'll Hmm. be doing a small pre-brief for day before broadcast to discuss in depth properly what we're expecting. So a little bit more of this uh, kind of dealio. And then on Monday, back of our regular schedule, we will be releasing as we go along.
1: Yeah, so the day after broadcast, you will get a podcast on all six parts of Flux. And then once all of that's done, we'll even do an end-of-season special recap where we'll go over the whole thing, see what we think, and where we'll be heading in the 2022 specials.
0: So make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of the interesting comings and going with Flux.
1: As we jump literally 55 years into the future, to the present day, who? uh, Which is going to be an interesting shift for us because we haven't done a new episode yet. So we're excited to do that.
0: But yeah, that brings us to the end of this podcast. If you enjoyed what you listened to, as I said, please remember to subscribe. And if you want to get involved, give us a tweet. Come on, you know you want to. At Black Archive Pod.
1: You will find Owen posting across the Who... Two channels throughout the uh, the timeline of Flux, uh, and I'll probably do some as well because I'm an, I'm a natural at it. Uh, yeah, do remember to subscribe and get in touch. And other than that, we'll see you when we next start chatting about Doctor Who.
0: Goodbye.